Today, wow! I just burned my fingers. Uh, not now, just not not recording the podcast. Just I was I was cooking. I made some nachos. I did a little pulled pork the other night. What's the best way to eat pulled pork? Well, one of them's nachos. <laughs> so made some nachos today. Super fun. Super easy. Put them all in, a, in the pan. Put it in the in the oven. I don't know what it is about. I don't know what why I don't have like a specific oven plate i don't have like a good what do you bake in what do you bake on do you need we need like a tray or something like a fancy not even a fancy like what do you i i use just a pan like a like a frying pan right i put nachos in that put that in the oven it's all metal so it's fine but it doesn't seem right it just there's a disconnect of a frying pan is supposed it's got a long handle on it. That's where you grab it. It's supposed to be on the top of the stove. So whenever I bake with it I, and then I put on top of the stove, I have to fight every urge, every instinct not to just grab it, <laughs> not to just hold on to that handle because because it's an on the top of the it's not supposed to be in the oven. Yeah, I can take one look at it and and. I know it's not supposed to be in the oven, but for some reason I'm, I'm using it in the oven and then it's super hot. And then, you know, instincts kick in. I grab the handle, boom, burned, burned through no fault of my own. And, <laughs> and I know you're thinking Tim, but haven't you done this before? Yes, of course I've burned my hand on a hot <laughs> pan straight from the oven before. Of course I have. Oh, I had a bad one, man. I thought I was going to scar. I just did a full on wrap around the handle and like, Oh, it hurt. Oh guys, it hurts so bad. It hurts so not like I guess as bad as some things, but it hurt. It hurt a lot. It was very annoying for like two whole days. I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't like type. I was typing with like one hand, just like poking. It was bad. I couldn't hold stuff. I just had the palm was just smooth, you know, and now this time, at least I've learned from that enough that now instead of just full on grabbing anything ever, I just I poke it. I poke it first. If there's anything in the kitchen don't grab it, poke it first. You got to put just a, a gentle prodding to make sure it's okay. I swear I had an oven mitt on. I took the pan out of the oven. I took it out of the oven. I put it on the top. I took the glove off, picked up the spatula, went to scoop the nachos out of there, grabbed the handle to stabilize, or at least I poked it to stabilize, burned my fingers. That's not... It's not the smartest move in the world. How could I? The memory of a goldfish. Genuinely, I took it out, <laughs> took the glove. off. No, you know what it was is I took the glove. I When I'm removing things from the oven, I want the glove on my right hand. And we only have one glove. I've been talking about oven mitts for two weeks now. This is a real issue. I need help. You put your oven mitt on the one because we've only got one. The other one, not reliable. I don't use it. And it's a pan. So there's one handle. So what are you going to do? Just like whoever grabs the a pan by the non-handle side, you'd have to be insane. If I saw somebody cooking and holding <laughs> the pan side 
of a of a pan and ignoring the handle, I would I would think they're insane. They were an alien. I would turn them into the government and we would never see them again. But I grab the I have the mitt on my right hand. I reach in. I grab with the handle <laughs> with my right hand, put it on top of the stove. Then I'm like, OK, well, now it's time to spat. I'm going to scoop the notches off. I'm going to sl- scoop slide them off onto a plate. I take off the glove. I put it on my left hand, put the spat. Well, I don't put, you know, that's the thing is I should have put it on my left hand. That's what I would normally do is put it on my left hand, grab it, spatula with the right. And instead I didn't, I accidentally poked it. Now my fingers are burned and now I'm complaining about it for 25 minutes on this podcast. I, I, it's fine. It's okay. It wasn't even that bad a burn because, you know, I did the tap. I did the tap instead of the full on grab and hold and wait for the pain to hit. I just did a tap too hot. I'm done. But now the tips of my fingers, they're like. They're kind of like numb. They feel like there's you ever do that thing as a kid where you put like glue on your skin and it gets kind of like hard and then you can kind of peel it off. It kind of feels like that, like with the tops of my my fingers. So maybe they'll peel. I don't know. It doesn't hurt. Thank God it doesn't hurt. I know you were all worried, Tim. Uh, I would hate to hear you do a podcast in pain. You're not that good when you're healthy. But imagine Tim in pain doing this podcast. It would be brutal. No, I feel OK. I'm worried about my fingerprints, though, because, you know, in like all these like cool action movies and stuff or like a spy or someone for the CIA, they they end up somebody ends up burning off their fingerprints. So that seems like a cool like, you know, we're on the run. I'm off the grid, a Jack Reacher type thing. I don't know if he actually did it in the movies or books or whatever the F that's from, but it just the kind of people who don't have fingerprints are sketchy people or they're cooks. And since I'm neither of those. Uh, I heard that cooks don't have good fingerprints because they're always grabbing hot stuff, which I guess is what I'm doing. But I'm I'm worried. I'm worried that I burned off my fingerprints and that I'm going to randomly be pulled over or, you know, pulled out of a security line at an airport and they're going to fingerprint me and they're going to see that I don't have fingerprints anymore. And they're going to be like, who is this guy? (laughs) We need to launch an investigation. We need to figure out who this guy is. Stat. He is up to no good. He is he is trouble or he owns a restaurant. I already told them I don't own a restaurant. That was the first question they asked once I didn't get the fingerprints. Tim, do you own a restaurant? No. Do you work in a restaurant? No. OK, well, then he must be an assassin here to, I don't know, overthrow America, in which case, you know, they'd put me in Guantanamo Bay and uh, waterboard me. Forever. The Super Bowl happened. Congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow. What a game. I say that sarcastically. Are the games I <laughs> I just hate I had fun. I had fun watching the Super Bowl. I like the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is a good time. It's a great event. It's the perfect holiday. It's an event that you were all watching. You know, people come over and eat. It had like, you know, one or two people over in this vat in like this covid time. It's not safe to have people over and and uh made a bunch of snacks and it's great and you cook and it's all random it's all fun food it's all dips and and we had like three different types of dip and the nachos which is basically a a dip that's already dipped and then i made pigs in a blanket which is my go-to pigs in a blanket is my go-to if you are invited to a super bowl party or a football party or just like a a finger foods event pigs in a blanket it's my go-to give it a shot 
you won't do wrong unless you're unless you know I'm going to this party, in which case don't you dare steal my pigs in a blanket idea, because that's what I'm bringing. If if I'm going to a party you're going to, don't you dare bring pigs in a blanket. But if I'm not on the guest list and you can ask the host, they'll know. Is Tim going to this party? If they say no or who's Tim, say, OK, cool, I'll bring pigs in a blanket and you get spicy mustard. You need the spicy mustard with the pigs in a blanket. That's number one. I prefer um, Nathan's mustard. This time they didn't have it. I went with a spicy brown from whatever that one that starts with a G and has the red label. And it was good. It was fine. It was good. It was not ideal, but it was it was good and it was tasty. And everybody loved them and talked about how great I was for the pretty much the whole evening. You could barely hear the game. Uh so we had, we had snacks. Snacks are great. I love the Super Bowl. When was last? Okay, I know the last time there was a Super Bowl. I'm already going to show my lack of knowledge. The Atlanta game where Atlanta blew the lead. That was like the best Super Bowl game. Maybe one of the best football games I've ever seen. Other than that, aren't the Super Bowls usually pretty one-sided? It's, it all comes down to there's a lot of bad football games. I'm just saying every every Sunday you tune in, half the games are not interesting. The other half are pretty good. And then you get to the Super Bowl and you always think it's going to be a big deal. It's always going to be a great game, and and I feel like half the time it's an okay game. And in this case, it was interesting because I did not expect this to happen. On the other hand, it was not interesting because Tampa Bay uh, pretty much ran all over the Chiefs. Boy, with a little help from the refs, too. I don't know what that's about. I'm not one of those guys where it's like, oh, the game's rigged. It's stupid. The refs are, are terrible. They're in on everything. But I will say it is incredibly demoralizing to have like six flags on a Tom Brady touchdown, like run. What do they call it? I'm blanking on a play, a series, the series. Tom Brady has the ball. It's a turnover. Wait, there's a holding. It's a Tom Brady has the ball. Oh, wait, he's out now. Oh, wait, that's holding. We got a thing. We got a penalty. We got a penalty. All of a sudden, Tom Brady scoring a touchdown and your team's like WTF. Why is this happening? WTF with Mark Marin? What happened, refs? Get off your knees. You're blowing the game. My favorite insult for referees. I mean, I, I, it was kind of the story I knew going in. Kansas City O-line, not good. That was pretty much the whole thing. They picked up some dudes on waivers. I don't even know how it goes. I can't I can't even begin to offer you guys real football analysis, but it looked like Mahomes was scrambling all night. They had the defense was smothering Kansas City's receivers, which is pretty much their whole team. They haven't been able to run the ball. The O-line's terrible. Mahomes getting rushed. Uh, I mean, the Tampa Bay is clearly the better team. That's why you can't complain about these refs too much. It's like, sure, the refs basically handed Tampa Bay at least one touchdown, but the rest of the game, Kansas City couldn't do shit, and that's that's a problem. If you can't score in a football game and you're a football team, that's not good. I don't know a lot about football, but I know if you if you're playing football and you can't score, you're you're it's going to be a hard it's going to be a harder game for you. You're going to have a harder time, especially if you're playing a team that is able to score. Then you're going to have it's going to be a long game and I wouldn't bet on you and your chances of winning. I'd say not great. What else do you watch the Super Bowl for the commercials? What? Didn't the commercials used to be awesome? What happened to Super Bowl commercials? Why aren't Super Bowl commercials good anymore? I mean, 
I don't even remember what a good commercial is. I remember Geico did a bunch. Didn't Bud Light have a bunch of commercials that we were all like excited for? I remember being like, oh, yeah, the commercials, they're the best part. All these commercials, uh, blah, nothing special. The one great commercial I thought was the Alexa one with Michael B. Jordan because Michael B. Jordan's amazing. And that's just a great premise. What if we put Alexa in Michael B. Jordan? I mean, it's it's hilarious. That's instant comedy. I mean, the X, Y axis of comedy is, is right there. Michael B. Jordan, what if he's an Alexa? He's super hot. The boyfriend's intimidated. I don't know why this girl, I would be very uncomfortable in this relationship if if my lady was was fawning over a robot uh, and trying to get it to take its shirt off in front of her friends. I would be like, yo, we're we're not going to do this. One day she'd wake up and Michael B. Jordan, the robot, would be like smashed into pieces on the kitchen floor. And she'd be like, oh, my God, Michael. And she'd be crying like, what happened to Michael? What happened to Michael? And I'd be like, that was not Michael. That was a robot. And it fell off the table and into my baseball bat eight to ten times. Uh, and I, and I'm beat up too. I got like black eyes and shit. Cause it's Michael B. Jordan. It's like, he's like boxing me and stuff. He's a robot. So I can short circuit him or use magnets or like build some kind of like a trap. And you know, even then he's smart cause he's got, he's connected to the internet. So it's like a whole Terminator Terminator two scenario here. Maybe actually Terminator one. Cause he's the bad guy. He's coming after me. I, I started the fight, but I'm also ending it. And then he's going to He's short circuits. I end up blasting him away with a toaster and a, and a gun I made out of a blender. And then my my lady comes down. She's like, oh, my God, we have to get another one. I'm like, we literally cannot afford one. They're sold out everywhere. They're so expensive. And they're starting to have defects because different boyfriends and husbands across the country are, are attacking them and getting beat up. So they're they're uh, they're covered in lawsuits, billion dollar lawsuits. Nothing. You know, Fox News has nothing on these lawsuits that these guys are getting hit with at the Alexa company. Company, uh, because of these Michael B. Jordan things. Anyway, that's a great commercial. I loved it. Michael B. Jordan's the man. He was super funny. That's a great commercial. That's a great commercial. I, I heard the Eminem commercial was good. I saw what was it? They're eating M&Ms. There's an Eminem in the car. Who cares? What is this? I don't know. Maybe it might. Was I dumber or were commercials or commercials worse? Maybe they don't care about maybe maybe there's not as many eyes on the Super Bowl and people just don't spend the ad dollars like they used to. But Bud Light's just doing the greatest hits. They're just like, we can't come up with a new idea. Let's just grab every old idea we had, throw it all into one commercial because that's not overkill. <laughs> I don't know. I remember talking, taking like an advertising class back in college where we talked about commercials and what was a good commercial. And that year I was in this class, the best Super Bowl commercial, the one that everyone was talking about was one for a car that you could start remotely, that you could turn on from your your clicker, your little car clicker thing. And there was a little kid dressed up like Darth Vader and he was going around and he would like the automatic doors at the supermarket. He would like open them up or the garage door would open up or whatever. And then he just like he's using the force to like manipulate this stuff. And then he does it to the car and the dad turns the car on remotely and the kid's like stunned. He's like surprised by it. And it's adorable because it's a tiny Darth Vader and it's a car. And we're all like, this is the best commercial. This is the best commercial. This is by far the best commercial and uh this guy goes uh okay what car was it for and we're all like uh i don't know what car it was for and he's like okay so then it probably wasn't the best commercial then <laughs> probably wasn't the best commercial then this sounds real familiar have i talked about this before maybe who knows if not it's one of my better stories so i gotta, <laughs> I gotta tell it all the time 
<laughs> Gotta tell it all the time. Speaking of singing, halftime show, that's what everybody else listens, watches for. You watch for the football, you watch for the commercials, you watch for the halftime show. I liked it. The weekend, pretty cool dude. Uh, he can't dance for shit, but his voice is, um, I don't know if it's good because there's auto tuning and stuff and it sounds like anyone can sing nowadays except his voice it sounds great whatever it is whatever he's doing to it it's great i love it he's got so many bangers it's it's a real flex too to be like i the whole time i was like cool so when are we getting some cameos when are we getting some people joining in the weekend because that used to be the thing is they get some old timey guy and then you get a cameo from Missy Elliott or whoever it was. And now the weekend was just like, no, no, no. I got this all me all the weekend, baby. Apparently spent seven million dollars of his own money on this show. Went all out. There was all this stuff with his face being covered. And then they did a whole bit where his all these people were dressed up like him with their faces covered and bandages and stuff. I liked it. I thought it was good. Some people told me it was boring. I don't know. I, don't, I disagree. It's shocking how many hits he has. And he did it the whole thing by himself. He could have had guests. He could have had cameos. He could have done covers. He did not. He did all of his own music all by himself. And uh, I was shocked. It was good. The weekend's awesome. Weekend's great. It's snowing after Christmas. And I... <laughs> It's snowing more this week. I told you, I told you last week. It's, it was snowing all over the place. We had all these snow days. It was crazy, and uh, and now it's snowing more this week, off and on in Brooklyn, New York, where the Come At Me Show uh, home is. Uh, snow, cool, fun. I'm always surprised when it snows after Christmas. I don't know. Just growing up in Florida, not having any interaction with snow, I always associated snow with Christmas because that was the only time I ever saw snow, even on TV. It's always like if it's snowing, well, it must be Christmas time right there. How many movies take place in like February <laughs> where it's just the, the coldest month of the year? Everyone's inside. Like, what are they going to have a whole movie where it's just people in their apartment, like talking about how they wish they could go out? It's cuffing season. What is good? Or you're cuffed already. I don't know what the term is for that, but you, you've you've already got your 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 boo for the the winter. Everyone's hibernating like February. Like what else? That's not an interesting. There's no good February movies, is what I'm trying to say. Because it's too cold out. So what? So growing up, it's all just snow. It's all Christmas. It's all just mixed together in my mind. And now that I've been in New York around Christmas time, I feel like it never snows. And then it snows in January and February. And I'm always like, cool. When's Santa getting here? I see snow. I think presents. I think Christmas trees. I want to hear uh, the Destiny's Child sing that song about the bells. That's what I want. I want to hear about the Christmas shoes while I'm strapping on my boots to walk outside in the snow. That's what I want. And I'm always surprised. We're so far from Christmas. We're about as far away from Christmas as possible. I had a great Christmas. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had fun, but I I want it now. It should be snowing around Christmas and the rest of the time. I guess we don't need it. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I, um, I had this revelation recently. I'm pretty sure I already talked about uh, on the show Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman movie and how bad it was. It was pretty I think it's pretty widely accepted as a terrible movie. One thing I realized today, I don't know what brought this on, but the villain in this movie. Uh, Tigress, what is it? A tigress or a cheetah? It's cheetah. Cheetah. And it's and it's Kristen Wiig. I think that's what I was watching something with Kristen Wiig and like, oh, yeah, she was in Wonder Woman. She was the bad guy in Wonder Woman. 
And it seems like there was a long trope for a while that was definitely exercised in this, which is like, oh, there's the nerd that nobody listens to and they get picked on. And it's like, oh, they're they're like also attractive and like smart and uh, pretty funny. But for some reason, everyone ignores them and hates them and and picks on them and bullies them. And then they turn into evil people. And it's like, does that are there a lot of superheroes or there are a lot of supervillains like that anymore? Do you hear about the Joker becoming the Joker because he got bullied? I don't know. I can't even. I mean, Thanos, was he picked on as a kid? Is that why he wants to destroy half the universe? Is that I just feel like that's an old an old timey thing. And I don't think we're going to see it again. You don't see more of I mean, what is there a Marvel villain that was like a nerd and a dork that people took advantage of and then they became Dr. Doom? Like, what are we doing here? It's just weak, I guess, is what I'm saying. And there's and it's old timey. I feel like it's definitely some old school shit where like whatever this guy is, he gets his papers knocked out of his hand. He's getting bullied. And then he's like, I want revenge on everybody because eh, I'm a nerd. And then I use my nerd science to turn me into a, a superhero. But I'm a villain because I was bullied. And, you know, even though I was a nice guy this whole time and was like, you know, pretty gregarious and wanted to be loved, people rejected my love. And so now I'm evil. It's just kind of tried and boring. I don't know. And to contrast this with Wonder Woman, who is just smoking hot and popular and people like her. She doesn't talk much, but when she says stuff, people are like, oh, yeah, that's great. Gal Gadot, I really want to hear everything you have to say. It's hard to root for that, isn't it? Isn't it hard to root for a superhero? You got a Superman, you got a Wonder Woman, and the bad guy is a is a dork, a nerd who got picked on. The kind of people who pay money to see these movies are the kind of people who become the villains in these movies. I don't know. It's just it's just 2021, right? I mean, how many superheroes are we going to have that are perfect? It's not interesting. Perfect villain, perfect hero, nerdy villain. I don't know how much more we're going to see that. Uh, whatever. Let's see. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to agree with me here, but I, I, I don't know who it was, but some, there was a, a celebrity that passed away recently. Very old, very, very old, late nineties. And I saw other celebrities posting about it and it was something like, you know, I'm, I saw someone post, I'm absolutely devastated to hear that so-and-so passed away at 97 years old or whatever it was. And I, I hate to sound like crass, but once they cross 95, you can't be devastated by it. You know, you, <laughs> a 98 year old person dying. I don't know if it's devastating. I think it's, <laughs> It's just what happens. I'm sorry. I feel bad. Anybody dying is sad, but some are sadder than others. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, I have. I don't even want to make that. I don't want to make this too real because I I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or whatever. But if, you know. A hundred and five year old woman dies is her family devastated? I mean, this person has been on the on the death's door for a, two decades, and all of a sudden, we're devastated that she's gone. <laughs> I'm not saying he wouldn't be sad. It's always sad when somebody dies, but devastated is like, oh my gosh! If a young person dies, that's devastating. 
That's like you're going to mourn for a long time, like years. You might never recover from a young person that you know and love and care about dying. When, you know, 98 years old dies. <laughs> are you going to have to go to counseling? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Just the oldest woman in the world dies, 105 years old. Is her family going to need to go into grief counseling? That's what I'm. It's, I don't know if it's devastating. I don't know if it's devastating. I mean, it's sad. It's definitely sad. Is it, is it devastating? I don't think so. Oh. Devastating sounds like. You know, if a hurricane hits and destroys a town, that's devastating. <laughs> if, uh, if your great grandmother dies, it's sad. I don't know if your town's destroyed, but gosh, either way, I don't wish that anybody. I don't want anybody to to die. It's always sad. It's always sad, but. <laughs> Uh, after a while, it's not devastating. You're prepared. <laughs> it's not devastating. It's just, it's not surprising. It's not devastating. It's not surprising. It's, it's, uh, it's not devastating. It's expected. It is. Okay. I'll get off of this. It's not, it's not nice. It's not sweet. Uh, I read this article. I'm going to wrap it up on this. I heard this article. I read this article recently. It's an old article, 2017. NBA. It's called the Tinderization of the NBA. Have you guys read it? Tom Abistro, ESPN. Uh, very interesting article. Check it out. It talks about how in the past, whatever, 10 years, maybe. I have the article right here. Do I want to look it up? Uh, I don't know. Maybe kind of. I'm scrolling right now. I'm scrolling right now. Um, there is there's basically been a noticeable uptick in the number of wins for road teams. Let's see. In 1987 to 88 season, home teams won an astonishing 67.9 percent of games, boasting an average win margin of 5.8 points, the highest on record. The advantage was so profound that home teams on average played at the level of a 55 win team. So home teams won in the late 80s about 68% of the time. Then in less of a then <laughs> in less than a decade by 1996 home teams won by 57.5% of the time, so about 10% less, and this season 2017 it sits at an all-time low of 57.4. What caused the drop? And then he goes on to theorize what could have made away teams in basketball that much better. And one of the arguments that was made is team is uh, players are drinking less and sleeping more. Uh, They're drinking less because, you know, they're trying to take care of their bodies. They're taking it seriously. These are professionals. These kids come out as professionals. They're more focused on their job. They're more focused on their tasks. Excuse me. uh, Podcast burp. And. And they just don't want to drink as much for whatever reason. Uh, One of the reasons they don't want to drink so much or don't need to drink as much is because they don't need to go out anymore. 
They don't need to party. In the 80s, I'll cut to it. If you wanted to have sex in the 80s, you had to go out. You had to go to a club. You had to know a guy. You had to go to a, a party. You had to stay out. And if you didn't get lucky at the club, you come back to the before you come back to the hotel, you hit up another bar on the way. Then you're hanging out at the hotel bar. I mean, you're just waiting around to be recognized so you can hook up, get it on after the game. Then Tinder comes around and all of a sudden these guys can go straight to the hotel, swipe, 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 Instagram, like a like someone, give them a follow back. And all of a sudden, you know. They're they're hooking up with the hotel instantly and they don't need to go out. They don't need to go out to get it. Here's a quote. There's some guy from the all star, some all star level guy, whatever. He's not his name's not listed. It's absolutely true that you get at least two hours more sleep getting laid on the road today versus 15 years ago. No schmoozing, no going out to the club, no having to get something to eat after the club but before the hotel. You just do your thing and you come back to the hotel and there's people waiting for you just to get it on. I think that's great. <laughs> it's an interesting article. I don't know. I I just heard about this on a podcast the other day, went back to read it. It's fascinating to think about. It's fascinating to think about how technology's advancing has actually gotten these like multimillionaires to stop partying so much. They don't party anymore. They bring things to them. Sex uh, uh, even part uh, drinking food, whatever. It's all Grubhub. It's all delivered. <laughs> they want to hook up with somebody. They find a girl online. They bring her to their, their room and it's over. Bada bing, bada boom. Realest guy in the room. The NBA is tindered up. They've got private planes now. That's apparently another thing. They don't have to get on a commercial flight. They get on a private plane. They're spending less time in the city. They're all sleeping more. They're still having as much sex as they were before. A little less drinking, more video gaming probably, but things are good for them. I heard they want to do the all-star game. The all-star game sounds kind of dumb. I don't know why you're doing an all-star game during COVID, but uh, it is what it is guys. Uh, that's all. I, that's all I'm, I'm, all I'm all I've been thinking about this week. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I love you all. Uh, if there's anything you want me to talk about address, whatever, feel free to hit me up, shoot me uh, a text, an email, uh, call the show. Let me know. And the King stays King. Bye. <laughs> 